Next on BYU Sports Nation, crunch time, clutch city. What was the most clutch individual performance in BYU sports over the last school year? Blaine Fowler discusses what we didn't know about BYU football on Memorial Day, but we will know on Labor Day. Plus, a top five nod for BYU football, and between the lines goes elite versus street part two. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, May 30th. Tuesday. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy you always want in your corner when you go into a baseball brawl, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, I'm the guy that's going to be the get-back guy. I'm not going to actually get in the way of anything. But apparently if you're in the way of a Bryce Harper punch, you're probably safe. Uh, because yesterday, your boy Bryce Harper. Uh, who who I, hates BYU. Who hates BYU, he said on MLB <laughs> his, Network. His words. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he got into a brawl uh, with Hunter Strickland um, and, and the Giants and Nationals. Emptied, uh, you know, the dugouts there, and that was that was funny. It was funny because it's Bryce Harper. And there's BYU connections. And there's BYU connections. So Bryce Harper's uh, wife, Kayla Varner, played soccer here. In fact, Bryce Harper was in the stands when BYU made the Elite Eight, and he stormed the field. He stormed the field with, like, BYU fans. How about that? Yeah, it was funny. And then the other connection is that Jeff Samarja is a pitcher for the Giants who played football for Notre Dame. You probably remember him in 05 when he had 10 catches, 152 yards, and two <laughs> touchdowns against BYU. Well, he's the pitcher for the Giants. He comes in and just body slams his own teammate, Hunter Strickland. Like, it's the biggest <laughs> tackle from Samarja since that 05 game against BYU when Justin Robinson attempted to do so. Oh, man. That was, that was a rough game in a lot of ways. But, yeah, Bryce Harper gets in a brawl, and, of course, there's BYU connections somehow. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the program, BYU Connections Nation. <laughs> Oh, and we're not condoning brawling, but it is, I am in baseball. It's great. It is funny when you watch it teamed up with uh, the Celine Dion, my heart will go on music. Yeah. Well, <laughs> given the history recently of this place. Yeah, you're right. We should probably have a like <laughs> the opinions of the two hosts concerning brawling do not reflect <laughs> that of Brigham Young Athletics or the, or the institution. Oh, we haven't been in a brawl. We'll obviously. be hearing about this later. Probably not. Let's move on. Bring on the headlines. Yeah. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. BYU baseball back to work. They will practice today in their home digs. Miller Park from 12 to 2 local time before traveling to Stanford, California for the NCAA Baseball Regional. Mike Littlewood told BYU Sports Nation yesterday that making a regional in whatever fashion accomplished a major goal for his team. I think at this point um, we don't have to do a whole whole lot. Uh, we'll be ready to we'll be ready to go. I think all that anxiety and stuff's gone. Um, getting to a regional was has been a goal of ours, and turn it around this year. And as you look back, as I look back, you would never choose to lose the first game and then try to win four. Right. But now that now that we did it, man, I, I love how we did it. I love how we did it, and I love who we did it against. The pressure is off. Oh yeah, BYU didn't have to win a single game in this tournament. Because they, they have they, exceeded expectations. Yeah, yeah, they got there. Accomplishment, check. The pressure's off. Monkey off the back. Yet, I think this team is excited 
to go in really hot. It makes him a little bit dangerous, yeah, right? Yeah, it I, does make him dangerous. But I'm saying the, the pressure's totally off, like you said. Be, because they got, they've been trying to get to the regional. The, it, gravy after this. Gravy. They hit every major goal when the West Coast Conference regular season. Okay, that one stung a little bit because they were the they tri-champions. Did, but, yeah. But then they won the West Coast Conference yeah. tournament. So it feels like they are – They're loose. The WCC champions, okay? And because they, got they to, are. And they got to a regional <laughs> – for the first time in 15 years. Fantastic. So, yes. This, it feels like, okay, whatever happens after here, house money. Like, it's all gravy. Something you missed yesterday. In 2002, I was in high school. John Rothstein <laughs> of CBS Sports reports BYU Hoops will face Alabama. Remember, it's hoops, not football. Don't get too excited. Oh. On day one of the Barclays Center Classic, Friday, November 24th. That's Thanksgiving weekend. Then play UMass the following day on the 25th, which makes for an exciting Cougar Sports Day, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. November 25th will feature a BYU basketball game versus UMass and a football game versus Hawaii on the same day. So that's going to be one of those double days. Love it. Foosball. Love it. A lot of foosball going on. We have a foosball table in the building. We should play that more often. Yeah, we did that the first year that yeah. we were doing the show. We'd have tournaments. Well, this is your like four. I know, so we need to get back on that train. What happened? It's May- summer. Maybe Let's go. The show will be better if we play. Hey, Jaron, BYU's in a top five, man. What? FB schedules list BYU and LSU as the fifth best neutral site game in college football. The college football season, ninety-five days away from that game. By the way, hey, I, I love it. It's it's a great matchup. It's. A week one, what? BYU plays Portland State. That's considered week zero because not everyone's playing that week. Um, a week one matchup that's in the top five. Paul Pine- Feinbaum tweeted about the voice of the SEC. BYU women's hoops, by the way. Uh, Jeff Judkins announced Ashley Garfield will be promoted from the director of ops to assistant basketball coach. She will replace Melinda Bendall, who is about to have twins and is going to hang it up. <laughs> Understand, a lot, yeah. Understandable. If I had twins, I'd hang it up too. Holy cow. Man, that's busy. Congratulations to Ashley on the promotion. Also, rise and shout. Time for What's Trending brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Clutch City in crunch time. Who doesn't respect a clutch performance in a critical situation? You want to know why people love or hate, for that matter, Tom Brady and Michael Jordan so much? Heck, let's throw in Derek Jeter because of recency bias. It's because those athletes do amazing things in high-pressure critical situations to bring you the elation of joy or to crush your soul. And BYU's had more than a few over the last athletic school year, which brings us to our Twitter question. What was the most clutch individual performance in BYU sports in the 2016-17 season? So since August, right? What was the most clutch individual performance? First tweet, at LaserSheep. He used the hashtag BYUSN. McKenna Bull, pick a game. Honestly, your streak of scoreless innings stands out to me. I used to pitch, and that is difficult. 57 and two-thirds innings of scoreless Yeah, so just grab any game during that streak, right? I Softball can't. games go seven innings. Well, okay? they go five when McKenna Bull's pitching and BYU scores eight runs. Essentially, then essentially that's like ten games. Yeah. My answer to this, uh, I feel like this was the most clutch performance. Eric Mika versus Gonzaga on the road. I mean, that <sighs> Gonzaga, number one, undefeated, last day of the regular season for the Cougars and Zags. 
BYU beats the number one team for the first time, led by his meekness. 19 points, 11 rebounds, 10 of 14 from the field, an epic block at the rim of Jason Collins. BYU trended nationally. They led SportsCenter. Eric Mika and that funny-looking mustache were interviewed on SportsCenter. That was, that was the most clutch performance. Did it win BYU a championship? Did it get BYU into the postseason? No. But to me, that's the number one sports moment of the year for BYU, was beating number one Gonzaga. If I told you BYU went to Cameron Indoor and beat Duke and Eric had a 29-11, this would pop more than anything else. But because it's Gonzaga and because BYU's done it three years in a row, maybe it's lessened in people's minds. Do not lessen it. It was the number one team. It they was were the undefeated. Team. There's a reason we have two different s- sections of a Spokane newspaper <laughs> hanging back here in Studio B. Amazing. That was amazing. That's the ultimate BYU moral victory, right? Because Gonzaga well, played in the national championship. And then, yeah, we, we <laughs> BYU needed Gonzaga to have this run. Like, oh, hang a banner. Like, did you see that video the other day of the Boston Celtics? People were like, hey, the Celtics hung another banner. And it's video from them hanging their last championship banner, but it says didn't get swept. <laughs> <laughs> Moral victory. Very, that's pretty funny. I'm going with Jamal. Jamal Williams against Toledo. The records were impressive enough, right? 286 yards on 30 carries. Woo! He averaged basically a first down every time he touched the ball. <laughs> BYU record five rushing touchdowns. And you know what? This is why it's the most clutch performance in my mind. BYU needed every bit of that to win the game, 55-53. Keep in mind, had BYU lost that game against Toledo, the Cougars would have fallen to 1-4, and four, headed to Michigan State. That context was really important. You're right. 1-3. and three. Defense gives up 53 points, which was crazy given how good that defense was. What a night. It was so good that Mac Brown was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> Every time Mac Brown comes to Provo, something crazy happens somebody, with the running back or somebody quarterback. Somebody for 200. Yes. Mac Brown to Provo. Come on More. back, man. Come hashtag stay word and hashtag Mac Brown to Provo. Jamal Williams was the definition of clutch against the Rockets on that Friday night. And there have been a lot. So let, let's mention some of the other ones. Of course, any number of BYU baseball players well, over the last weekend. spurred the conversation. And my honorable mention, Spencer, is Maverick Buffo. Here's a guy who was the day one starter all year until the last you know, week of the season. He becomes the day three starter. That could have messed with him. Instead, he stacked the hats proverbially and got in the zone. Eight, eight and a third, seven hits, four and run. He left with the bases loaded, so those three came in. But 8Ks versus LMU in an elimination game. An ultra, I mean, an ultra quality start at the time. That was amazing. That was amazing. And there were so many from the Batcats. Absolutely. Mike Littlewood called what happened with his pitching staff by far the most surprising thing that he had seen in that tournament and yes. probably all season. I want to mention this. Hitting's overrated. Baseball's about pitching. It really is. BYU did not need 16 runs on Saturday to win the title. They needed four. Because they got great pitching from Kendall Motes and Bo Burrup. That's what it's all about, people. Baseball, you're as good as you're pitching. You're as good as you're pitching. Now, my honorable mention is Bronson Larson at the West Coast Conference Tournament. Mike Littlewood, the head coach, referenced yesterday that the Bronx Bombers' first home run in the West Coast Conference Tournament was what changed 
everything for BYU. Uh, this is another crazy manifestation of the karma. And he Larson, has spoken Larson out was on to the show a few times about it. He was on the show, <laughs> and he hit four homers in the tourney. That's a tournament record. Bronson Larson reached out to us and said, that was crazy. <laughs> We're like, you did it, but you're right. The karma boost, pretty incredible. It's amazing how that works out. Yeah. Four home runs, ten runs batted in, and this is a tournament that BYU had struggled mightily in before this terrible. epic run. They're like one in six in that tourney. They lost their first game three to two. Bronson Larson hits that first home run against St. Mary's in the first elimination game on Friday. Then he does it again, and man, the bats just got rolling. So yeah, that was clutch, and it started with the Bronx Bomber. He was MVP of the tournament that BYU that got BYU into their first NCAA regional in 15 years. Amazing. You know what? His teammate Brock Hale was pretty darn good, too. Brock Hale was on the show the week before, FYI. Brock Hale was unbelievable. I, I also think of a couple other ones. Jake Oldroyd, Arizona. We don't even know the kid's name. He comes in, this walk-on. Lime green cleats. Freshman, the green cleats. He comes in and hits the game-winning kick. We're like, who is this guy? And then he gets hurt at, in the first half against UCLA, and we don't hear from him again. He's like the, And now he's on his mission. He's just one-hit wonder, amazing story. He Jake was Oldroyd. nails against Utah. He hit a big field goal in Rice-Eccles Stadium. Like, and, and he went in, and uh, there was a fake punt, and he didn't know about it. Oh, no, he knew about it and told Mitchell Jurgens, who had just been lit up in the middle of the field. Oh, that's right. Hey, we're doing a fake. <laughs> and then Mitchell Jurgens <laughs> throws like, to Corbin Kafusi. <laughs> that's a great story. Cassie Broadhead, West Coast Conference Women's Basketball Player of the Year, scores 22 points in this crazy comeback against San Diego in the first round of the West Coast Conference Tournament. She was, she was so she was, sick. She was sick. She had surgery on her uh, mouth. She had a buzzer before. beater in overtime against Santa Clara to extend that game that BYU won. Like, she was clutch. Kind of cool at Utah. Two picks, one in the end zone. Wyoming. Oh, sealed the, the game. season ceiling interception. He made the Poinsettia Bowl forever champions a reality. Uh, yeah. And Brendan Sander, Long Beach State, semifinal. Amazing. Hit over 600. He was unstoppable. Yeah, so many outstanding performances. Ashley Hatch a lot. Alex and her White. hatch trick. Yeah, Alex, Alex White, White at the NCAA Women's golf. I mean, top 15. There were 132 players in that tournament. We're probably missing some. Tweet them in. Use the hashtag BYUSN. A lot Roll, of clutch yeah. performances. Roll it in on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. What was the most clutch individual performance in BYU sports in the 2016-17 season? At Jay Linehan making it out of the end zone on 4th and 19. That tweeted in by at Milton underscore rat. Well, he barely made it out, but yeah. <laughs> oh, is, man. That, is that like the number one not top 10 play in BYU history? Like, is that what the fans think? Well, what about, what about the Jake debacle Keats. from Jake Keats butter against ball? the University of Utah? They call that the butterball. Like, John Beck had the same play against San Diego State in 05, by the way. Uh, maybe that's something that we need to do. As much as we don't want to, we have, oh, some, I want to. We have some good laughs about that. <laughs> Mika at Gonzaga, 18-footer over Karnowski, hashtag clutch. That from at JNails21. In line with you, Jerem. Coming up, Between the Lines, Elite versus Street Part 2 with Lauren Franken. But first, Blaine Fowler talks on who he thinks was the most clutch over the last school year. This is BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Welcome back. Everything is awesome. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation is happening right this very second on Twitter. You know the drill. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. And when you tweet in, use the hashtag BYUSN. LSU, not over Utah. Fan Fest, Corona. <laughs> Get out what? of here. We'll be in Corona, Cal- okay, this is a big week. Corona, California. We're going to be at the Fan Fest. We're super excited about this. 12 to 2 local time, 3 to 5 Eastern time this Saturday. Also, Friday, the 1,000th show of BYU Sports Nation. And BYU Baseball's in a regional and for the BYU first time in 15 in years. This is, very, this is a great week. So we're very excited. We're going to be in California. Come hang out with us Saturday, this Saturday, June 3rd, 12 to 2 local time, 3 to 5 Eastern time, a two-hour BYU Sports Nation in California. Bring your swimsuit. Garum. You know I do. <laughs> I hardly use it, but I'll bring it. <laughs> Who was the most clutch individual, per- or what was the most clutch individual performance, I should say, in you know BYU I love sports? jumping into pools. In Come the 2016-17 season. That is our Twitter question today. At Cougarstats tweets in Mika going off for 29 points, 11 rebounds, 2 blocks against number 1-ranked Gonzaga, 10 of 14 shooting, 9 of 13 from the free throw line. Also, Jake Oldroyd, clutch drilling that field goal against Arizona. Hadn't kicked in a year, and it was his first college football game. That from at Natron17. Clutch. I mean, there were some really good clutch performances from BYU athletes. It's fun to watch clutch, too, because you need it. There's more pressure in that moment, and when people deliver, it's fun. When they don't deliver, we just try to forget it quickly, and then we don't bring it up on a day like today. Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, clutch city in the first nationally televised college football game for BYU against Pittsburgh. Dual threat analyst, Blaine, welcome back to Studio B. Thanks. That wasn't the most clutch of all time, though. That was real. But it good. was clutch. That not, yeah. The moment was big. The moment was. I remember it was big. It started the season <laughs> off on I, the right I rem- foot. I remember when I went in the game and I didn't think anything of it. And then we, there was a penalty and I was waiting for the play to come in from Mike Holmgren. And I stepped out of the huddle and I thought, ooh, this is huge. I didn't think of it until a few places. I was like, this is big. I looked, I looked around and the place is packed. This is for a national championship. And it just kind of hit me. I'm like, this is big. And my dad always told me, you got to enjoy the moment. I thought, I got to enjoy this. And I just, as soon as I thought my dad telling me that, I just calmed right down. And yeah. then even though it was big, I was calm because I thought, that's what I've been playing my whole life for. This is cool. And then in the, in the Holiday Bowl, meanwhile, Jim Harbaugh's injured standing on right, the sideline right. across the way. You are in that game as Robbie Bosco's hurt. That was clutch as well, kind Dude. of holding Dude. off Michigan. You bookended it. Pittsburgh come in, throw that pass early yeah. to Glenn Kozlowski, and then you come in in the Holiday Bowl in the yeah. national championship. That's a clutch performance. It's, you guys are nice to me. <laughs> thanks, thanks for making me reminisce about some fun times. Well, it's good to see you, Blaine. Thanks for coming yeah. on the show, man. It was great. Absolutely. Now, uh, when are you going to pay for us to play golf again? So, we'll do <laughs> yeah, I, t- I took Spencer to a tournament. Oh, you took for. Spencer to a tournament. Well, yeah. Oh, this is great. Jerem's next. Oh, now next. this comes out on the air. This is great. Hey, based off the clutch performance of the BYU baseball team in the West Coast Conference tournament, we kind of crafted our Twitter question around that. Which BYU individual produced the most clutch performance in the 2016-17 seasons? Any sport, any athlete. So, so first of all, kudos. I think that's a great choice. Your choice, Mika, because of the, the game and the moment. And because I think that's the best team BYU has beaten, period, since BYU beat Miami. And this one was on the road. And any sport. So Because I don't just look at how good they were. Like, 84, we beat Pittsburgh, number two in the country when we beat them. But they weren't that good. They ended up losing, and they weren't that good. That Miami team ends up number two in the nation. So that was legit, and Ty Detmer's performance off the charts, right? This win against Gonzaga, and then they're number one. They were one of the top two teams in the country. 
period, all season long and at the end of the year. So to me as a team, I, I, those are neck and neck as two, the two best wins in the history of BYU, all sports, all sports, because they're the two best they've played. So I got to give you kudos for Mika. So I wanted to pick something different because I was thinking along those lines, but nobody's saying anything about Shea Martinez. Oh. So Shea Martinez, 800 meters in Ames, Iowa, indoors, not only the best time in BYU history, she beat her PR by three seconds, and it is the fifth fastest indoor 800 meters in the history of the NCAA. Come on, That's guys. Amazing. It was huge. She she blew away three seconds in the 800 meters. That's crazy. That's it's so when she did that, when I read that, I thought, man, I gotta watch that. So I watched the video on it over and over again. And she wasn't in a great position in that race. She was boxed in. She had to do all kinds of things technically that were difficult. And it, it blew me away. So I know we don't talk about track that often, real individual sport, but that performance by Shea Martinez was off the charts and I think one of the best performances in this last this last calendar sports year, 16-17. Wow. We have a 20-man research staff. They're all fired. They're all fired. <laughs> so, See ya. hey, 2-01-42. I can't run to my refrigerator in 2-01-42. During a commercial break, you can. Because I can't do it without blowing out an Achilles. Yeah. So let's just put that. It, it was a phenomenal performance. And not just one of the greatest this year, one of the greatest in the history of BYU sports. It was phenomenal. Yeah, a BYU record. How many great athletes have run track and field in Provo? I mean, so for her to do that, and we're talking about Olympic times here right oh yeah yeah and we're i i shea has still got potential in front of her I, she's we're gonna see her in an olympic games i really believe that and it's 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 really really cool and then it's a great sports family i mean we're, we're people are gonna be recruiting their kids in the womb with her and kyle collinsworth <laughs> yeah exactly okay we, we so i should have called her shay collinsworth but yeah there you go she's okay. shay because she's a davis high girl you know oh, oh okay the there truth it is comes and the truth comes out. And he, He's a Davis High girl. Davis High School. Any Troy Hines reference? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shane Martinez. But you got to admit, that was pretty clutch. Outstanding. And you guys you made mentioning me, a Davis got, person? Yes. Yeah, no, I know. You guys, and you guys made me reminisce. I love when I got this topic this morning. I'm like, oh, man, I had so many great performances all time. The greatest I've ever seen, Jimmer Fredette against New Mexico in the tournament. 52 with, points. Without Brandon Davies. With one free throw. One free throw attempt, 52 points. And people in the arena, like, media who are supposed to be, they were laughing out loud. They couldn't believe what was happening, and Lobos were crying out loud. I mean, it was it was the most phenomenal, clutch, individual performance I've ever seen in any sport. Against the team that was a bad that matchup be- for BYU. That yeah. had beaten it- BYU two weeks before when BYU was ranked as high as third and found out the news the day before about Brandon Davis. I, I was in I, the arena as well. Boy. I reminisce. I thought about Jim McMahon against SMU. I thought about, I thought about John Beck and his performance against um, Utah and that clutch performance. I thought of – the topic is great because I didn't just think about this year. I reminisced. And when I was done reminiscing, I was like – the greatest I've ever seen is that Jimmer Fredette performance. It was unbelievable. And I got to call that game, so that was really fun. And the next day, BYU had run out of gas. They did yep. all the gas. It was, it was crazy. Day, but but uh, not only does Jimmer hit 50 on the, uh, on the same play, he passes Danny Ainge for yeah, the career It, it was unbelievable. On that and one for the only free throw attempt. How do you score? Like in the NBA, if a guy scores 50, he shot 20 free throws. Yeah. You know what I mean? He had one free throw. So my my number free. two this year would have been with you, though. I would have gone Eric, Eric Mika uh, against Gonzaga because of the moment and the quality of the opponent. In fact, if he doesn't have that game, maybe he doesn't go pro. Who knows? So yeah. in a well, way, Maybe that was a bad thing. Maybe it was a bad thing. You know, <laughs> yeah, who knows? We, we teased this, but yesterday was Memorial Day, okay? So what will we know about BYU football on Labor Day? 
mm-hmm. after two games right. that we didn't know yesterday on Memorial Day. I, I, I think we have to figure out what's going to happen at the running back position. To me, that's the position I look at. I think the offensive line is going to be a step better and, and, and better. I think at quarterback, it's going to be different, but it's going to be productive. Um, I feel good about that receiving core. Um, defensively, there's not a spot that I'm, I think we're going to be solid all around. And I just keep coming back to, what are they going to do at running back? They've got quality players there. Is it really going to be running back by committee, or is somebody going to emerge and be the guy? Or if it is going to be by committee, who's going to be good at what? Is K.J. Hall going to be the designated come-out-of-the-backfield guy and catch a ton of balls? And, and who, Who's going to be what in, in that offense at running back? I think by game two we're going to go, oh, this is the way it's going to be, and, and it's going to have to develop if they're going to have the kind of success they want to have next year. It's a really, really important thing. They're not, I don't think we're going to have a guy that we're going to go, wow, that guy's just as good as Jamal Williams because he's a once in every 15 years kind of a guy. Yeah. But that, to me, is the big question mark that we're going to have answered by Labor Day. Well, yeah, Jamal Williams is the first true running back to be drafted in the top four rounds since Pete Van Valkenburg did it in 1973. So. Yeah, yeah, not a guy that's playing fullback. And, and if it's by committee – the predictability level goes really high because it's like, oh, okay. If K.J. Hall ends up being the third down receiving back, it's like, oh, here comes K.J. Hall. They're probably going to throw the ball. So they're going to all have to be be able to do a little bit of something. You know, if if Fanua comes in and every time it's third and one, well, they're just going to give the ball to him, you know. Um, What about Ula Tolutau? Yeah, and that's – what are we going to do? I mean, is he a guy that on third down can just move chains? That's just going to knock people back. Yeah, so there's so many questions I have at running back. Riley Burt sat out last year, and he showed flashes of explosiveness the year before. Is he going to emerge and be a big-time guy? I just don't know the answers at running back, and I do feel like two games into it and after fall camp, we're going to have a grasp of what it's going to look like for the rest of the season. And Squally, Canada, you would hope could be that guy who – He's in, and you don't know if it's pass or run, and he right. can block and that kind of thing. Then there's the receivers. BYU didn't have a 100-yard receiving game from anybody, and they returned Jonah Treneman at receiver and some capable tight ends. Moroni, Lula, I think they're going to be moves. better at tight end because they're going to be deeper and they have some more experience there. And, and at wide receiver, here's the thing. I always think of wide receivers, wide receiver by committee. Because the way receivers run in with plays and different formations and different groupings, position groups, you're used to seeing six, seven, eight receivers play. So it doesn't bother me that I don't know who the go-to receiver is going to be as much as it bothers me that I don't know who the go-to running back is going to be or running backs are going to be. The more importance placed on the running back than the group of receivers. Right, to me. Okay. I don't even want to ask this next question. Then don't. (sighs) Okay, maybe I won't. (laughs) (laughs) Fine, I'll do it. You... This goes back to a huge debate we had last week about early season prominent wins and pitting LSU and Utah against each other. Did you hear about our combo? I, the, I, the guaranteed I, win? I listened to you guys last – was it last week you were talking yeah, about that? Yeah. yeah, I remember that conversation. So if you could guarantee one win against either LSU or Utah, who would you pick and why? I will take Utah. Just because it hurts more if you lose because it's home. And you can't, you can't lose a home game. Uh, if, if BYU goes, and it's, I know it's a neutral site game, but it's really a home game for LSU. If they go on the road and they lose and they're competitive down there, they can, st- they can still be ranked even early in the season with that loss. If they come home and they lose a home game against Utah, it's just going to sting. Big time. And so to me, if I'm going to pick between those two, I think it, it is less damaging to lose to LSU. So not because it's better, because it's less bad. 
Does that mean? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's less damaging to lose to LSU in a close game on the road than to lose to Utah at home. Well, it's like when people say, ah, it's not bad. I say, yeah. well, you didn't tell me what it was. You just tell me what it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't bad. And at this point, maybe an LSU win would be fantastic for this program. But I think the program needs to beat Utah more than they need to beat LSU I think so, too. Point. In Utah, you think about it. How many, how many linemen did they just get drafted? They're, they're replacing their entire offensive line and an NFL running back. And they have an NFL running back on the roster. Right, too. they do. But what I'm nice. saying is, is this is a year when BYU gets them at home that BYU should be more settled second year in at their place um, when they're rebuilding an offensive line. They were really good on the offensive line last year, and BYU was within getting that two-point conversion and being able to win that game. So BYU matched up pretty well with them last year, and they were unbelievably talented up front. They're still going to have talent. They always reload there, but they're not going to have the experience they had up front. This is a year that BYU should beat Utah based on those matchups. And so, to me, a loss to them would be more damaging than a loss to LSU. Let's stay in the first five games of the season. What does BYU have to do in the first five to be in a position to be ranked at the end of the season? Because BYU hasn't finished ranked in the AP Top 25 since 2009. Right. They, so, to me, they could be ranked after five games at 4-1. and one. And that is if they go lose at LSU, but it's a it's a competitive ball game and they lose in the end and the people go, wow, BYU traveling far from home, neutral site, but far from home. They look pretty good. They matched up in terms of speed and strength. They they look good in this game, but they lost to LSU and LSU is pretty good. And, and they're four and one after those first five games with wins over Wisconsin and Utah. They could be ranked then. So they... When, when have we ever said BYU could be 4-1 and one and ranked? I think this season they could be 4-1 and one and ranked right then, depending on how they look in that loss. Um, and then, you know, then they still have to go to Boise State, and they still have to go to Mississippi State. Boise State's here. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. They have Boise yeah. State and then Mississippi State yeah. um, right, right after that. So we're talking about a very important early start, but I think 4-1 and one in those first five doesn't only get them ranked at the end of the season, gives them momentum. They may be ranked right then. There's a chance they'd be in that, that bottom end of that top 25 at that point with one loss. Yeah, the Cougars trying to finish ranked in the top 25 for the first time in eight seasons. Great stuff, Blaine, even though you disagreed with everything that I said. <laughs> it's uh, That's it's the nice cost to have of you, man. Golf, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> what was the most clutch individual performance in BYU sports in the 2016-17 season? Blaine Fowler says Shea Martinez-Collinsworth and that two-minute, one-second, 800 meters to set a BYU record. Jaron went with Eric Mika. I went with Jamal Williams against Toledo. You send in your responses, hashtag BYUSN. Up next, we'll hear from you and your tweets. But first, we go between the lines. If one Elite versus Street segment isn't good enough, then why not make another? Can't wait to watch Lauren embarrass herself again. BYU Sports Nation. Everything is still awesome. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. Blaine Fowler just joined us in Studio B. You can listen to that entire interview and every little detail that he agreed with Jerem on by downloading the podcast or watch it on BYU TV or listen to it on the BYU Radio app. Media Day is coming up June 23rd, Spender. Yes, it is. It's going to be a glorious day of footballness on BYU TV and BYU Radio, starting with State of the Program in the morning, a two-hour BYU Sports Nation. Various programs throughout the day, highlighted by the one I'm looking forward to the most, even more than the show that we are on, Lavelle Edwards' The Coaching Tree. Oh, it's going to be great. Set it in your DVR. It's going to be great. 
Put it in your Franklin planner. Trust me. June 23rd. It will be incredible. You will not regret. If, if it's not, you'll get your money back. So. No, I'm telling you. That you didn't pay. It's going to be fantastic. Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines. BYU baseball back to work. They are practice, practicing today at Miller Park. Practice. From 12 to 2 local time before traveling to the Stanford Regional, where they will take on Cal State Fullerton. First NCAA Regional in 15 years. So we're talking about practice, not a game. Not right. a game. Practice. We talked about practice today. Yes. John yes. Rothstein of CBS Sports reports BYU Hoops will face Alabama on day one of the Barclays Center Classic on Friday, November 24th. It's Thanksgiving weekend, people. Then play UMass the following day on the 25th. So Black Friday, get shopping in, watch BYU play Alabama. And then the next day, UMass in hoops and Hawaii in football. <laughs> FBSchedules.com lists BYU and LSU as the fifth best neutral site game in college football during the 2017 season, 95 days away from the Cougars and Tigers at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. Where did BYU and UNLV rank? Because that will be a neutral side as well, right? I... I'm, that, I'm, that's a joke. They're not. They're not going to have anybody there. What? <laughs> BYU women's basketball head... Cougar Stadium sells, Brian Keel. BYU women's uh, basketball head coach Jeff Judkins promotes Ashley Garfield, no relation to Andrew that we know of, to an assistant coach. She will replace Melinda Bendall on the staff. Last week... We were all witnesses to part one of Elite versus Street with Mm -hmm. the 21st-ranked BYU softball team and Lauren Frankham as she attempted and so valiantly attempted to get a hit off of pitcher Carissa Viramontes. Now, does it count as a hit if it was going to be caught as a fly ball? No, it was a sing-eye single. (laughs) It was a single. Well, she went, she went one for her last one, I think is what one was for her last yeah, one. She, she's on, she was kind of 0 for streak. 27 up to that point, but she's on a streak. Don't now. Don't let facts get in the way of a good story. Today, it's time for part two with Lauren Franklin. Let's go between the lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. Thank you, Spencer. This season was one for the books for BYU softball. And in honor of their record breaking season, we're going to watch part two of Elite versus Street, spotlighting not only the success of their season, but also these girls' unique personalities. Previously on Between the Lines. Try to get your like eyebrow to go up, like just the one. Oh, guys, that close though. <laughs> Shooting for no hitter, okay? Got it. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh. <laughs> I'm ready. You've never seen the Lauren Frankham slider before. It's a ball. Oh. Oh. <laughs> that was right down the pipe. Is that if a the pipe is right here, then yep, yep. <laughs> okay. No. Libby, if you and I are on the same page, no one's on the same page, you know? Catch it! No, hit her! One out, we got one! We got one! Woo! <laughs> you know, it wasn't an individual effort. I couldn't have done it without the whole team, so can't take all the credit. Oh my gosh, you have a baby! <laughs> 
So all you think about is like you're driving a steering wheel. So you, it's like this. So whatever position you're going, you, you know, yeah. If you want to move with it, that's fine too. If you want to whip with it, that's cool. Like whatever. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah. All right, you want me to give it to you a little harder now? I mean, let's do a couple slower ones. <laughs> hey, at least there's a strike. At least you stopped it. You stopped it. Guys, my legs are tired. Good heaven. How do you do this? <laughs> uh, it's hard. Woo! Oh, she got a good lead. Look her back. Look her back. Make sure she gets back there. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's a stare down. She's going. She's going. Get her. Get her. Get her. Get her. Scoop. Woo! Yes! She gone. Yeah! Well, we had a really good time. Super easy. And by that, I mean not at all, because I'm really <laughs> sore right now. Guys, what do we got? Okay, four yep, two, one, on three, one, two, Yep, 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 yep. Oh, and then oh, you do the kick. There's M&M's, there's Skittles, there's hot tamales. Some people, like Thompson, she only eats the green ones. <laughs> only green ones. Lauren gets so no confused. green ones. Okay. No matter what, don't get green ones. Yeah, Alexa, only, only blue M&M's. Only blue M&M's. See, like right now you don't have blue M&M's though. I don't. I know. She do. She, 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 she's always on top of it. That never I usually happens. do, yeah. I make sure I have blue M&M's. Yeah. Lexi always gets hot tamales. <laughs> that is so awesome. I love that. That's how we roll. We all play softball because we like to eat. <laughs> we play softball so we like to eat. I love that motto. Thanks to the BYU softball team for humoring me, and congrats on your phenomenal season. Make sure you join us next week when we have a special fan tribute for BYUSN's 1,000th show. It is something you definitely won't want to miss. We got raps, we got poems, and lots of phenomenal things. Follow us on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL and use the hashtag BYUBTL. Do you have candy, though, is the next question. Yeah, did you bring candy back? Do you have like, candy? to share with nope. us? The only time she gave me a piece of candy is when I struck out and ran to first base anyway. <laughs> well, she the pitcher couldn't tamale. get the ball. Yeah, yeah. You were safe at first. What was yeah. the candy of choice? My candy? I, I think the hot tamale. Okay. You know, gives you a little fire in your mouth and gets you on your way. The okay. gusto to get there to second. <laughs> exactly. Nice. There you go. Hey, Lauren, thanks for, uh, thanks for doing that and for, for making me laugh today. That was, that was really you important. You are very me. welcome. They were super upset with me when they saw me playing slow pitch <laughs> softball, though. But it's yeah. not the same as fast you're, pitch. You're actually a tremendous athlete. So when you go out there and you're like, I don't know what I'm, I, doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. 70 miles an yeah. hour. Lauren is the, like the best non-D1 athlete female not I've ever true. encountered. Appreciate She's amazing. It. Thank you. Thank you. Lauren Franken, ladies and gentlemen. Up yeah. next, Cougar Whip Brand gets you caught up to date. But first, who had the most clutch performance of the last year? Lauren? Between the Lines on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Martin's Collision Repair. The right repair, the right paint, the right choice. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at what time, Jerem? 6 Eastern. Okay, 6 p.m. Eastern. We'll be at the Fan Fest Saturday, people, 3 to 5 Eastern time. That is 12 to 2 local time there in the Pacific time zone. Uh, we'll be live there with players and coaches, 12 to 2 on the air uh, Pacific time, and we'll be hanging out after uh, for an hour. So it's if you haven't been to this and you're in Southern California, try and go to it. It's very fun. It's very fun. Lots of players and coaches, lots of swag, cougar tails, all kinds of things, like the BYU experience. There's no game, but it's like a game day in Corona this Saturday. 
Our Twitter question today, what was the most clutch individual performance in BYU sports in the 2016-17 season? This tweet in from at GBM4BYU. I was going with Mika against the Zags, but Johnny Linehan getting out of the end zone is the winner. That's the second time we have had Johnny Linehan just making it out of the end zone as the most clutch performance. What is it with that play? He... Let it go. Let it go. Where did he get to? The two-yard line? Good grief. (laughs) So it was a 12-yard run that counted for two? Bronson Larson's two-run home running at St. Mary's that ended a four-game, started the end of a four-game losing streak and started the four-game win streak at the West Coast Conference Championships from at Gaff Y. Well, yes. It ended ended a four-game losing streak because they had lost three to Gonzaga and then lost to uh, LMU, right? So they lost four, and then they yes, then they no, won four exactly. Yeah, it How about ended. That? It ended the four game losing streak. It started a new one. Pretty at, awesome. Mika at Gonzaga, eighteen footer over Karnaski. We already read that one from at J Nails twenty one. But just for Jerem, let's read it again. Make him feel a little bit better. Well, that was your choice, so I appreciate that. <laughs> at J Nails, Nails like clutch, huh? Yes, J Nails. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. You, you know, we've mentioned a couple of times at BYU and LSU. Number five best neutral site game according to FP schedules. That's 95 days away. So do the math, and that means Portland State is what? Countdown to the Vikings. 88 days. Andrew George. Andrew George. Over the middle. Yeah. Tackling. You're doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag Utah. Hashtag that watching that footage reminded me that uh, the last time BYU beat Utah, the footage was in SD. Yikes. So it's been a while. <sighs> Sigh. That was the last time How BYU to. beat Utah in football. Andrew George caught the game-winning touchdown from Max Hall in overtime. Max Hall was the quarterback the last time BYU beat Utah. In 2009, BYU beat Utah. Since then... Tears and Sadness, highlighted by Jay Keeps Butterball in 2011. <laughs> Missed blocking assignments at Utah. The game that ended three times a at game, Utah. A game, suspender Ute. 35 nothing, highlighted by 28 straight. A two-point conversion failed. But this year, it all changed. <laughs> Tom Rinaldi, this Sunday oh. on ESPN. <laughs> I just don't even want to finish the show. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you need Lyon to come back? Sad piano another music between has the lines? totally <laughs> thrown me off my game. Coming this oh. fall, winning the Kalani Satake story. 88 days between BYU and Portland State kicking off the 2017 college football season. Week zero. Well, Tanner Mangum's on a 28 nothing run against the Utes, Spencer. <laughs> Put on the blue goggles. <laughs> I don't want the massive ones. <laughs> put on, yeah, put, put on the, the blue goggles one. and say that. And well, Tan- okay. Tanner Mangum done got a 28 nothing run. You're right. Where are you from? West Virginia. You're right. Blue goggle alert. It's 28 blue to nothing. Tanner Mangum yeah. a 28 to nothing yeah. run against alert. Utah. That's like the most blue goggled thing ever. <laughs> well, we're on a 28 nothing run against those boys. We won the game in the last three quarters. We well, won the game decided. Fourth quarter, we only won the fourth quarter, boy. What? Yeah. Unfortunately, they were down 35 to nothing after yeah. the first quarter. I, I can't wait uh, for a lot of <sighs> things. Football is one of them, obviously. Uh, compelling games. LS, we're talking LSU. We're talking Utah. We're talking Wisconsin. Boise State, Mississippi State. This is great. This is great. Hopefully, BYU can survive with two losses 
and then go on this run and then kind of have a, what, 06, 7, 9 kind of year? Yeah. Because, listen, if BYU's going to load up and have scheduling hubris, which BYU does, hey, we'll play anyone, anytime, anywhere. That's the way it is, right? That's the scheduling mantra. You're probably <laughs> going to come out with loss or loss is, right? I, I'm looking at your tweet deck right now. And we tweeted out a GIF of uh, Johnny Linehan from the end zone. It's on five of your columns. Why? Why is that play the most clutch performance? I know you're joking, but enough is enough. <laughs> like that? No, it's, it's May 30th. Run, it's run Whatever. its course. That play has run its course. It did not run its course. He was 17 yards short. <sighs> he did not run his course. No. I, you were wrong. I, I can't. I can't do it is anymore. That, do, should we do that one day? Like the most... Butterball play of BYU sports history. At White for Life tweets in in response to today's Twitter question. I'm changing the subject. Jamal Williams came back when he didn't have to and balled out for BYU. So he's giving it to Jamal as the most clutch performance just for coming back and having an amazing season. Jamal Williams, one of the best stories ever, comes back, breaks the all-time record, breaks the single-game record, gets drafted fourth round by the Packers. Fantastic. Actual victory. That's an actual victory against Toledo. 286, although Mac Brown wasn't there to see it. All good. And how about Blaine Fowler choosing Shea Martinez Collinsworth? And I was on board the entire time. And then, and and then he says, but she went to Davis High School. Like, oh, like, come on. Oh, Blaine Davis. Just leave it out, man. I've had it against Davis ever since they beat my high school, my senior year <laughs> in the quarterfinals of the 5A Boys Basketball State Championship. Yes. Ah! yes, I remember watching 17 members of the Fowler family expel at Davis High School. <laughs> <laughs> Excel or expel? <laughs> Those guys were not expelled. Those no. are ac- the, the Fowlers are really smart. That is true. Kellen went to uh, Virginia for grad school. And graduated the 4.0. Legit. He's one that? of my favorite uh, Cavaliers ever. How about that? Up next on BYU Sports Nation, Cougar Whip Around gets you caught up to date with baseball, basketball, football, women's basketball, and Cougars in the minors. Michael Rucker. Whoa. Promoted. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Big thanks to today's guest, Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, Clutch City National Champion Performer for the 1984 BYU football team. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Specifically, the last segment where Jeremy and I, what did we talk about again? <laughs> Too many things to cover. There were a lot. There's, and, and, this, and this is a big week, by the way. 1,000th show coming up Friday. We're going to have some fun there. Uh, take a stroll down memory lane. By Friday, I mean Thursday. That's Thursday. Yeah, fr- Friday, yeah. Yep, Thursday. Yeah, it's Friday will be 1,001. You know what? I'm so excited about it. I, we're going to move it up a day. Uh, and then we're going to be in Corona, California, Saturday, for a special BYU Sports Nation, 3 to 5 Eastern time. It's going to be awesome. Kalani Sataki will join us, among others, at the beginning of the show. But we have a lot to cover in the Cougar Whip Around, so let's whip it! Okay. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Baseball. The Cougars will practice today at Miller Park from 12 to 2 local time before traveling to Stanford today for the NCAA Baseball Regional to be played Thursday. Cal State Fullerton is the opponent for the Cougars. And the man who was highlighted by Hero Sports, Brock Hale, as one of five players to watch in the NCAA baseball tournament. Men's basketball. John Rothstein of CBS Sports reports BYU face Alabama on day one of the Barclays Center Classic on Black Friday, November 24th. Then play UMass following day on the 25th in Brooklyn. Football. FBSchedules.com listing BYU and LSU as the fifth best neutral site college football game in the approaching season, 95 days away from the showdown in Houston. 
women's basketball. Hey, Coach, Jim Johnkins promotes Ashley Garfield as a joint assistant coach to replace Linda Manuel on the staff. Uh, so translated, uh, head coach Jeff Judkins promoted Ashley Garfield to be an assistant coach. <laughs> Cougars in the minors. Jacob Brugman went two for four yesterday in a loss for the AAA Nashville Sounds to the Colorado Springs Sky Sox. Michael Rucker, by the way, moved up to Class A Advanced in the Cubs organization. Yesterday he pitched three and a third, giving up two hits, one run, struck out six for the Myrtle Beach Pelicans versus the Carolina Mudcats. Yep, golf. Current Cougars Peter Quest and Spencer Dunaway advanced to the round of 32 in the USGA U.S. Amateur four-ball tournament at Pinehurst Golf Club. They did not advance, however, to the round of 16. Still in a pretty nice run. Soccer. Ella Johnson has transferred to Ole Miss. Love Ella. That came out in the last hour. Her sister is a signee for Ole Miss as well. She's from Centerville, Utah. So they're going to go down to Hotty Toddy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Ole Miss, baby. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need the most. DexterLaw.com. Who deserves the Rise and Shout today? I have no idea. Mm. Let's put our heads together and uh, think about this. We'll tell you after the show. <laughs> nope, we have to name it right now. <laughs> I'm trying to think of somebody. Who deserves the Rise and Shout? I feel shout? like deserves the Rise and Shout. I know who doesn't. Who's that? Some of our students who had never heard of Nirvana. Oh, come on. Get out of here. <laughs> Really? Get out of here. I'm going to give it to Lauren Frankham. We expect, yeah, Lauren. I'm giving it to Lauren Frankham. Big in a clutch performances. That's pretty good. It, it's always nerve-wracking to put yourself on the line against a Division I talented team. She's like D1 athletic, so pretty I'm, good. I'm telling pretty you. Pretty good. Hey, thanks for watching the show. It was awesome uh, to have you here. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYU. Our elite tweet of the day. Jamal Williams came back when he didn't have to and balled out for BYU. I read that one twice, too, but that's because it supports my argument. That's why for a That's life. what you do. He was clutch, baby. Download clutch the podcast. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Ryan Bernal. See you tomorrow. 999 tomorrow.